Hi guys, and welcome to the Selfish Healing Podcast, where you have to be selfish in your pursuit to heal. Welcome to episode one. I'm so excited to be able to connect with you guys and be able to share um, my different experiences and the different things that I've conquered throughout my journey um, dealing with grief. So to get started, I just want to be clear that when I say healing is selfish, it doesn't mean that you negate your other responsibilities. It doesn't mean that you withdraw It doesn't mean that you isolate yourself, but what it means is that you make a conscious decision in your mind and in your heart and in your soul that you are going to move forward in healing. And every day, make that same promise to yourself. There's going to be moments and times where you don't feel so strong, where you may have a bad day where you don't feel like you're moving towards healing at all. But trust me, as long as you set your mind on the goal of healing, the universe is going to meet you. I always say, where you seek, you soar. So the blessing of healing comes through the process of us reaching for it, and the universe meets us in the middle. And it's it's such a true, true gift from God. It's a very, very beautiful thing. And I think that it's a gift that, that God, the universe, gives to us to help us be able to move forward after losing someone so close to them. So let me give you a little bit about my background so you can understand who you're listening to and my wife for putting together this podcast. So I'm a mother of three. I have one son, my oldest, and I have two daughters. Well, three years ago, my oldest son died quite suddenly, very unexpected. Um, We were not aware that he was sick, um, but he ended up passing away from an undiagnosed heart condition, something we and he knew nothing about. And it was the most devastating thing that will ever happen to me. Um, It was just like a bomb, like Hiroshima went off in our lives. And I swear to you, I heard ringing in my ears for about a week after he passed away. And Of course, when something like that happens, the first thing that you feel is just complete and utter shock. And I stayed in that space for quite a while. And he's passed on. It's been almost three years. And I find myself sometimes even going back to that place of shock. Like, I cannot believe this has happened. But the truth is... Death is a part of life. We live to die. We're here on this earth to fulfill whatever our soul mission is. And once that is complete, we go back home. We ascend. So it's important for me and my purpose for starting this podcast is to 
help everyone and help myself because this is another mechanism of healing for myself as well. But what I want to do is to work as a collective so that we can create a space where people who are dealing with loss can come and learn from our experiences. I want this to be a melting pot of people, of colors, of ideas, of conversation. I feel like we can learn so much from each other and different things, tools, tips that that we did in order to help move us through that part of our lives. I don't think that you ever get over the loss of a loved one. But what happens is we learn how to manage it through meditation, through intention, through prayer, through talking with one another and sharing our experiences. We can heal. And healing doesn't mean that we're saying, oh, it's okay that we lost our loved one. Healing doesn't mean that we're moving forward without them because they're always with us, loving us, guiding us. But what it means is we're not walking around with that scar on our heart. We're not walking around with a bitterness because what happens with grief, if it is not tended to, grief unchecked leads to destruction. And that grief, if it's not managed, will show up in other areas of your life. It will show up as anger. It will show up as anxiety. It will show up as bitterness. And it will literally drain the light out of the rest of your life. You know, when I was in the thick of this, after my son passed away, I felt so many different things. I didn't think that I would ever smile again. I didn't think that I would ever laugh again. I had all of these hopes and dreams for myself and my children, for our future. I was in the middle of my junior year of college. Actually, my senior year of college, I was set to graduate. No, I take that back. It was my junior year of college. So I was putting all of these things in place. Um, so that I could build this beautiful life for my children. And mind you, I'm not a spring chicken, you know. I decided to change career paths and going back to school and obtaining my degree in this new field was key to that. So I was in my junior year of doing that. I was putting all this stuff together and then he died. And it was just like the life drained out of me, the color drained out of my life. And it really was one of those rock bottom moments. And when you have a rock bottom moment, it's either sink or swim. It's either sink or swim. And I had to tell myself, remind myself to be thankful for what I have left. Because it could have been all of us gone. It could have been all of my children. And and, and thank God that it wasn't. And I just felt this innate responsibility to rise and step up and really 
pursued this thing of healing because I wanted my daughters to see. And at the time, I didn't even know if this was true, but there was just something inside of me that said, you want your daughters to see how to properly maneuver through grief because one day they're going to lose you. And I didn't want them to lose me and feel the way that I felt when my son passed on. And I use that term lose loosely because our loved ones, we never lose our loved ones. They simply change form. And I believe once they change that, once they change form and they ascend, that they are even more an integral part of our lives. They can impact our lives in such a more profound way. And I'm thankful for that. Of course, I would want my baby here in the flesh. But I'm so thankful that his life is not over. Maybe in physical form. But he lives on and all of our loved ones live on. And they're busy watching over us, guiding us, loving us. And I'm so, so thankful for that. So when you're in that space, in that, in that, in the heart of grief, you really do have to remind yourself of what you have left to be thankful for and let that drive you. If you have children, if you have pets, you have other family members, you may have a spouse, look at what you have left and do it first for yourself, pursue healing for yourself, but then for your family. Because when you heal, when a person heals, they now have the capacity to heal everyone around them. And and that's what I mean when I say healing is a gift, because it really can be contagious as long as you're open to that process. And I'll be honest, every day, once I made this decision, You know, I told my daughters, I was like, just give me a minute. Let me try to do what I can to wrap my mind around this. And I promise you, I'm going to get myself together so that I can be a support for you. And I said it, I meant it, but I don't know that I necessarily believed that it would happen because of how I was feeling. You know, grief has a way of taking over your whole life and your mind races it goes everywhere you know you move in and out of different phases of grief sometimes on an hourly basis so but something something in me believed maybe just a little bit and so I went from waking up every day thinking shit I'm up Here I go again. I used to dread waking up. I wanted to die. I didn't want to leave my girls, but I wanted to be with my baby. We have never been apart. But what stopped me, and you know what? I'm going to share this story. This is a personal story and only a few close people to me know it, but I'm going to share it because I think that somebody listening to this can resonate with, with what I'm going to say. And I hope, I hope 
that it blesses you enough, that it lifts you enough, that will get you thinking about a path of healing. So one particular day uh, after my son had passed away, of course, and after the funeral and, you know, after the funeral, you know, people kind of hang around for a minute, but then there's a period of time where that kind of drops off and only the people who really, really, really love you and know you and close to you are around. And I was home by myself. No, actually it was me and my youngest daughter. And I'm upstairs in my room and I was just feeling just oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. And I'm sitting on the side of my bed and I'm just thinking, I just want to be with my baby. We've just, we've never been apart like this. I want to make sure he's okay. Like, is he scared? Like, oh my God. And I saw a bottle of pills on the, on the table stand next to me and I picked them up. I had the pills, I had a glass of water and my intention was to down that whole bottle of pills I wanted to die I literally was pissed off every day that I woke up after my son passed away and something said what would you what would Amira my daughter what would she think and feel if she came up here and found you dead she just lost her brother at the time she was 12 she's just a kid do you really want to put that on her and I put the pills in the cup down like nah hell no hell no I would never want to put my daughters through that kind of pain It's bad enough they just lost their brother, their oldest brother. I would never want to be the cause of making them have to bear the weight of losing their mother as well. And I put that shit down. And I got my ass up. And I went and I I went to go do something. I don't even know what I went to go do. So I'm sharing that with you to say... I understand the depths of the hurt and pain that you feel. I understand the darkness um, and the isolation that comes with grief because grief makes you want to be alone. And don't get me wrong, there's some avenues of the grief process that you do have to navigate alone because whether you've lost a child, a spouse, um, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a parent... No one truly can feel how you feel, but you. No one can truly feel what that person meant to you, but you. So there's a a part of grief that you have to go through by yourself to heal. But what I want to say is if you, but you have to know yourself too. You have to be able to recognize when you want to be alone all the time. Be careful with that. You have to recognize when your feelings start to move into a dark place. You know, in that moment while I was sitting on the side of my bed, I realized that this is moving into a dark space. 
And although I, w- I would give my life for my son's life, for him to be able to come back, I would die and give him my breath, my heart, so that he can breathe. I, I do not want to add extra hurt and pain on my daughters and my other family members. That's not going to solve anything. I realized that it would only make things worse. And so I got up. So you have to get up. And it's one step at a time. It's one thought at a time. But I want you to utilize this space as your support system. This is just the beginning. This is episode one. I really believe that this podcast is going to be huge. My intention is to shake the world up. And change the dynamic around death and dying. Because when we think death of dying, death and dying, we immediately think despair, heartbreak. And don't get me wrong, you do feel those things. But we don't have to stay in that space. And our loved ones do not want us to stay in that space. Throughout this journey that we are going to go through on this podcast, there's so many different ideas and concepts and things that I want to talk about. And my only request is that when you come into this space, you come open and that you take the ideas, the concepts, the tips, the tools that resonate with you and you leave the things that you don't, that don't. Because everything is not for everybody. We're all very different. Our grief process is very different. But there are things that we can learn from one another. And I want to give you guys everything that I've got. Because since my son's passing, I got my ass up. I finished my degree. I just landed two very lucrative jobs in my new field I am moving forward with my son looking down on me from above guiding me I feel like sometimes I feel like he's right behind me with me everywhere I go as I move through the vicissitudes of life and even when I can't feel him like that I know that he's rocking with me and that keeps me going it keeps me going there's many many things that I want to share with you that have gotten me to this point that I am now and one one of the best things that has happened since I jumped on this healing journey and finished my degree and now landed these two very lucrative roles one of the best things that has also happened is me starting this podcast me getting the nerve, the gall, whatever you want to call it, to start this podcast and really share with the world. Because I feel like this podcast is really going to touch the world. I'm declaring it now. I'm manifesting it. So we are going to watch together how this unfolds. I'm calling it into existence. 
but this is going to be a big deal and I want all of you to be a part of it there's going to be some dynamics of this podcast that are going to change as um we move forward I do want to set it up to where people can call in and share their stories and and get advice and I want to have guests that come in and talk about certain aspects of healing certain aspects of the afterlife because there is an afterlife if you don't know there is an afterlife so I have some big plans for this platform and I want each and every one of you to be an integral part of that So I did want to also just talk about the stages of grief to kind of set the foundation of where we're going to go with this movement. And I also just want to touch on why now? Why this podcast now? Why selfish healing now? And I just want to say, look around you. You know, we have endured one of the toughest two years of all of our lives as a country, as a world, with this coronavirus. We have lost over 600,000 people in the last two years, which is outrageous. And that number may even be higher now. I haven't looked into what it is, but... The last time I looked, it was well over 600,000. And and in my opinion, just one life lost to this virus is too many. People are hurting on a level. Don't forget unemployment. People are hurting on a level that I never wanted to or thought I would see in my lifetime. So I think that we have an individual responsibility as people who share this space, Earth, to pull one another up. And just imagine the healing that could take place if we took the time to pull one another up. So I just wanted to make that clear. I'm doing this now. We are doing this now because now is the time. It is needed. And I suffered in silence. I moved through a lot of this grief process in silence because I really didn't feel like the people around me understood what I was feeling because he was my son. So I would be in a room full of people and just feel so completely alone. And I want to break that for anyone else that's experiencing grief. You are not alone. I'm here. We're here. This space that we're creating is here to support you. So whether you want to just dial in and listen, whether you want to dial in and be a speaker, whether you want to share your story, it's all welcome here. You know, I just remember times where I would just be by myself with my thoughts. And that's a dangerous place because the mind the mind can really work against you sometimes, especially when you're moving through something tough. So I want this to be a space that people can pick up their phone, log onto their computer, and dial into and feel lifted. I wanna lift your energy, lift your spirit enough to where you can start to say, I do wanna heal. 
And once you make that intention, I promise you the universe is going to meet you and start sending you people, ideas, things that are going to support you in that process because our loved ones do not want us to anguish over them. They are in heaven living their best life. And this I know for a fact. So let's just talk about the stages of grief. So and and how I'm going to do it is I'm going to talk about the stages of grief and then I'm going to talk about what it looked like for me. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you will be able to relate to this and look at how it looks um, for you. But the first stage of grief as they have listed. Now, this is like the clinical stage of grief. I believe that there's other avenues of grief that can't even be described on this chart. But this gives us a good idea of what we're experiencing. So the first step is denial. So that is, uh, well, that didn't happen. Mm-mm. He's just away. He's out of town. And I went through that when my son passed. I just told myself, well, he's busy, you know. I haven't got a text from him. I haven't called. He's busy. He's away. You know, he's out of town. Um, And I think that's the way, a way that our mind protects us, in a sense, from the shock, from the weight of what's really going on. And I think that happens until we're strong enough at some point. Um to be able to start accepting the reality of what's going on. I was in denial for a long time. A long time. Really until like maybe definitely the first year. Until it became obvious. Like, okay, you haven't talked to your son in six months. He's gone. Until it became obvious and I couldn't really deny it to myself anymore. But by that time, by the time that started to happen, I was in a stronger place to where I could bear the weight of the reality of what was happening. And that doesn't mean that it was easy. It just means that it didn't lay me out in the floor anymore. The second stage of anger is anger. I was so mad. I was so, I was so mad. I literally wanted to take a baseball bat and just break out house windows. And I don't know what it is with house windows, but I could literally see myself going down my neighborhood and just busting windows. I was so angry. I felt like something was stolen from me. I felt robbed robbed of our future, robbed of everything that we planned together because he and I were in the midst of planning a business together. I was angry for a while. I was angry. The third stage is bargaining. And that looks like, well, if I would have did this, this would have happened. And if I would have did this, this would have happened. And maybe if I would have did this, that would have happened. So it's our mind or, you know, we're trying to 
rationalize or reason what has happened and it's very natural it's very normal it's a very human thing to do we bargain all the time in other avenues of our life and and going through the grief process is no different um I want to take a step back to anger and I just want to say be careful with your anger because it can make you say things it can make you put things into motion that um you may not necessarily want or mean So find an outlet for your anger, whether it's going to a rage room where you just tear shit up, whether it's walking outside, whether it's going by the water. And let me say there's healing power by the lake. Bodies of water, I don't know what it is, but there is something that grounds you and and puts you in a clear headspace so that you can make better decisions. So be careful with anger because you don't want to further hurt and damage the people that love you because you're hurting. And it's a human instinct thing to do, but you don't want to inflict more pain. You know, they're saying hurt people hurt people. Very true. So just be cognizant of that. When you feel like your anger is just too much, please, please find an outlet for it. Whether you like to knit, whether you like to plant flowers, take a walk, hop on the treadmill, do something to change your energy. My biggest recommendation is to go outside. Go outside. So, um... Just to go back to bargaining, bargaining is kind of a way that we try to rationalize, I think, what has happened, Um, maybe place the blame game a little bit. For the most part, we like to blame ourselves. So bargaining is um, more of a personal thing. Well, if I would have did this, this would have happened. If I would have did this, this would no. No, no matter how your loved one passed away, we don't give life. And I mean, unless you're killing someone with a gun, a knife or whatever, we don't take life either. And no matter the circumstance, do not blame yourself. Because at the end of the day, we're all just doing the best that we can with the tools that we have. Four is depression. Depression is, to me, an overwhelming, unspeakable sadness. Depression can get so thick, you can almost taste it. Depression is a very dark space. And understandably, when we lose someone that we love, we are going to be sad. We are going to be a little bit depressed. You know, depression makes you not want to eat. Depression makes you, makes it hard to sleep. Either you can't sleep or you're sleeping a lot. It makes you feel drained. It robs you of 
your energy. It robs you of the joy of your life. It robs you of moments with your family. It robs you of the ability to be able to see and appreciate what you have left. It just robs you. And while I think depression is a natural part of grief because obviously we're sad, obviously we're devastated. There's a level where depression can can um, move to a dangerous and unhealthy space. And so I really want you to watch your depression. And I'll share with you, mine got so bad. I ended up going to see a therapist, which I am an advocate for therapy. Therapy, therapy, therapy. There is a blessing in being able to talk to an impartial party about what you're going through in your life. We were built to have a relationship with one another. We don't do well if we're isolated. We just don't. We're wired to be connected to one another. So there's a blessing in the sharing of your story with someone. And I know sometimes it's hard to talk to your loved ones about certain aspects of your life. Get a therapist, someone who doesn't know you from a can of paint, someone you don't know from a can of paint, but they have the tools and and different technique to help us be able to um, understand depression and be able to move out of it. So don't shy away from therapy. It's very useful and very helpful. And so I got a therapist and I ended up going on antidepressants and it was one of the best best moves that I made for me. Now this does, is not for everyone. You have to know yourself and, and assess yourself um, and work with a trusted uh, therapist. But the antidepressants helped me so much because they were they um, they got me to a space where I could start to think rationally. It's like it lifted my mood. And it was in the lifting of my mood that I was able to rationalize and take other steps, do other things to help me heal because depression, when you're in the heart of depression, you don't see anything good. Nothing. You could probably win a million dollars and not even care. But what the antidepressants did for me was they helped to lift my mood. And that helped me to make better decisions. And I stayed on them probably for about three months on a regular basis and they really helped me move to a better space so I just want you to watch the depression you'll know instinctively when things are getting too dark and take action the fifth step is acceptance and it's important for me to note that you will move through all five of these stages all the time. And it makes you feel crazy. And I want to let you know you're not crazy. 
It's the process that we go through when we're trying to reason and rationalize and accept that our loved ones have moved forward um, in their journey. And acceptance is the stage where I am now. But I'll be honest, I move back through to denial. Um, Right now, I'm between denial and acceptance, but I'm more heavy on acceptance because I understand so much more about my son's passing. And it has really given me a lot of peace. And it has really brought me into a place of huge understanding about our purpose for walking this earth. And I've accepted that my son is moving forward in his journey and it's a beautiful thing. And yes, I would love to have him here in person, but honestly, I just really wanted him to be happy. I didn't expect for it to happen like this. For us to be separated in the physical, but to know that he's happy and he's moving forward is all that I wanted as a mother. And I'm so thankful for that. So those are the stages of grief. And like I said, you'll move through these all the time. But my goal and my hope is to get you to a place of acceptance so that you can spread and share your story with other people that will help move them to a place of acceptance. And hopefully one by one, we really can help people move into a place of healing so that they can move forward with their lives, so that they can move forward in their evolution, in their soul evolution, and complete their journey here on earth. So I always want to leave you with a good word. I think I'm going to call it a good word, but keep in mind, this is going to be ever-changing. It's going to be evolving, this podcast, okay? But I always want to leave you with a good word at the end, and I don't want to say homework because I don't like homework, but I want to just leave you with something that resonated heavily with me while I was going through the thick of this. I went to see a therapist, and um we were talking and she I was telling her something about how I had been feeling because you know I told you I was going through that depression and she looked at me and she said Manda it's not gonna hurt like this always and I looked at her like and I thought in my head this lady is crazy <laughs> does she understand who I just lost does she understand what my son means to me and I kind of wrote that statement off and it actually kind of pissed me off a little bit because I thought at the time me hurting grieving was um expressing the love for my son and it and it is grief is the ultimate act of love absolutely um but at the time I thought that if I moved to a, a happier place, that means that that meant that I didn't care about my son, that, 
you know, I didn't care that he passed away, that it was just nothing, and I'm just moving forward and forgetting him. And that could not be further from the truth. It's so not true. We could not, we can't get away from the love and the adoration of our loved ones if we wanted to. That's how close they are to us. But as time went on and as I started doing things that lifted my spirit, lifted my energy, that moved me forward toward healing, that comment that she made came back to me. And I thought, damn, she's right. It's not going to hurt like this always. It doesn't have to hurt like this always. And you healing does not mean that you love your loved one any less. What it means is that you're honoring who they are to you because they still are. You're honoring who you are. And you are taking steps to move forward in love and in light with your loved one so close to you, you can feel them. So it doesn't have to hurt like this. And as you take these steps toward healing, it won't hurt like this always. And I promise you, And it's one of the best gifts that you can give your loved one because, like I said earlier, they're living their best life. And their ability to ascend and really move into this next stage and in their evolution, it hinges a little bit on how we process their grief on this side. It's hard for them to move forward when they see us in such places of pain. And once I understood that, there's hands down, I'm I'm healing. Because I want my son to be happy. And we're going to get into that a lot more as this podcast progresses. progresses. (laughs) But yeah, I just want to say it won't hurt like this always, sweetheart. It won't. And stick with us. We're going somewhere with this thing. And I promise you, you will leave this space better. And better and better and better. And pretty soon, you'll be in a space where maybe you're doing your own podcast or, you know, finding your own outlet, your own way to share the things that you've learned along the way with others. We have to help each other one person at a time. I think it's our responsibility. When you learn something, you give it. Because trust me, there's someone else out here that's feeling the same way that you either felt or that you're feeling that could benefit from that. So we're going to get deep in this podcast. I'm so excited for what's to come. Stay tuned. We're going someplace with this thing. You're going to hear me say that a lot. But 
I just want to say thank you for listening. I hope, I pray, I know that some of what I said has resonated with some of you. This is going to get better with time. And I just want to leave you all in love and light. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk with you soon.